Welcome to the Chase Merrill Podcast. I am your host, Chase Merrill, and we are all about helping people get freed up from what's holding them back so they can build up who they were made to be. On today's episode of the podcast, I have my friend Gary Zaleski with me. Gary is known as the passion expert. This man is an absolute representation of a ball of fire in the best kind of way. I love his literal passion for life and then his passion for really helping other people discover and find and walk in their passion. And something that happened in my season of life as I was coming out of high school and going into uh, really what the Lord would have next for me as a young man really crossed paths with Gary in a way that would significantly impact me in the trajectory of my next season and consequently, subsequently, this next several seasons after that. So this conversation with this guy is going to bring a smile to your face. It'll encourage you, challenge you, bring you inspiration, and really get you to think about some things in life that maybe you haven't thought about before. If you want to help us continue to make an impact with this podcast week in and week out, consider joining our new Patreon community. For as little as a cup of coffee a month, you can be a part of helping us get the message and mission of the podcast out to more people more effectively. This is a way that we can come together as a community and you'll get access to behind the scenes stuff, additional resources and content, and so much more for just as little as $5 a month. You can head over to chasemerrill.com and click Patreon to jump in and get started. Now let's jump into today's conversation. Well, here we go. I have with me today on the Chase Merrill podcast, Gary Zaleski. Gary Z, what's up, man? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, man, this is so exciting because uh, I I do a podcast, so yeah. I've always been kind of the host. So, Chase, it's so cool to be the guest, and especially with you. I mean, you are definitely one of my heroes, bro. I've been watching your life, and uh, man... Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. this is an exciting time. Dude, well, it's so great to have you. And and part of this project, as people have been tuning in throughout the year so far, is is uh, something I'm doing called the 52 Project. 52 conversations with 52 people who've made an impact on my life. And man, you are uh, on that list. And uh, what a awesome. what a yeah, it dude. It it and it's 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 gonna be cool to dive into part of why you're on that list today, and then also to just hear even the the part of the story of what God has done and is doing in your life and. And the things that um, you know you've overcome, the things that you've seen and you've grown from, but then also just just the thing that you are all about, and uh, as as how that's impacted me. But man, just so good to have you. What what I'll do uh, for those that have no context for who you are, and and they're just listening, maybe they're not even able to watch right now. Will you give people a snapshot, like who's Gary Z, who's Gary Zaleski in this point in time, and like what are you doing, who are you connected to, just so some some people can get a, get to know you a little bit. Oh, my word. I'm the most passionate freak you've ever met in your entire life. Okay. (laughs) I'm passionate on two legs. No, my whole life is about helping people find the one thing that brings them the greatest joy. And I believe that the call of God in your life, Jeremiah 1, 4 says that while he, while Jeremiah was in the womb, God called him to be a prophet. So I believe the call of God on a person's life is in their DNA. It's in the very core of who they are. Once we connect with who God has called us to be, the adventure begins. I've known the Lord over 50 years, Chase, and I'm telling you, I'm sitting here right now, and I'm more excited about what God is doing. And, and it's come through a lot, of, a lot of failures, a lot of hurts. I know we always put our best foot forward, a lot of pain, but I would not trade all of that 
for where the Lord has me right now. And uh, preaching, speaking, working with some initiatives for, uh, believe it or not, prison reform, some things in in, the, in that whole area, but uh, working with broken pastors. So, I mean, it's all over the place, but man. Oh, and of course, the biggest thing, married to my favorite woman in the whole world, Cherise, with our three grandbabies here down in beautiful vacation capital of the world, Bakersfield, California. Let's go. Let's go, Bakersfield. Come on, man. Uh, so, okay. So you mentioned, you mentioned some of the things, I mean, well, r- real quick podcast. Like, so you, what, you, you've been in the podcast space for a while. You have your own podcast hosting uh, your own show. Tell, tell me a little bit more about that just for, you know, for people that are already listening and like, I, I like this guy already. I want to, I want to hear more. What does that look like? And, and how long have you been doing that? So much fun because this is what I ask my guests. Yeah, because <laughs> I lo- I love promoting guests, right? Yeah. Um, I I actually I started this podcast a while back, and my wife was the fire under me because we're living in a time where there's a lot of isolation and insulation, especially for people who have been out there. When COVID hit, all of a sudden people like myself who was out speaking to crowds, we had to speak to a computer. So uh, there was a lot of mental exercises going on. And my wife said to me, she goes, you know, you need you need to get a podcast going. And I've heard that over the years. And I yeah. I, I want to do a podcast. No, but I found something that fit me. I found a little bit of uh, Gary's armor instead of Saul's. And I started a podcast called the Gary Zaleski show. How original is that? Let's go. But my, my idea for the show was to bring on friends of mine from all over the world, bring them onto the show. And just like you, I wanted them to be authentic. Number one. And I wanted them to be transparent. Number two, and tell their story of not only the success in their life, but how they got there. It's similar to you. And I'm telling you, Chase, I have had the time of my life doing this. It has been it has been so much fun. So just had Dr. John Jackson from uh, William Jessup University, yeah. Scott Hagen. I've had uh, just just an array of people come on the show and just knock it out of the park you so. i think i saw something too you had you had i don't know if he's present or former uh some i can't nfl or so, something in that space where there was a guy who or maybe it was college football that oh, was on oh eddie uma yeah yeah eddie uma yeah. yeah he's a uh, young african-american kid that started meeting with me once a week in my backyard back in my little casita back there we'd pray together once a week he calls me dad and he tried to tried to become an NFL player. He was that good. But the thing that was his passion was always medicine. And he always thought, I want to I want to go into medicine. But he kept doing this uh, little sidebar and finally uh, came to the place in his life. said, I'm going to follow that. He is in his first year of pre-med now. Wow. So, praise the Lord. That's rad. It, it, yeah, man. Eddie Uma, if you get that, that's one of the good, great podcasts. There. Yeah. So what I'm going to do for, for people that are like, okay, so how, how, how are you and Gary Z connected? What's Chase? Like, what's the, what's the connection? Where did it all kind of, it, kind of it come from? I'm going to give people just like a, a kind of a quick overview of where the inception of that and how you and I got introduced and really where uh, a, 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 a significant impact began that has, has even carried 
into a lot of even what I'm doing presently. And so here's where we're going to go. So I had I had uh, joined a, an internship program at a church at the time that was called uh, Sunset Christian Center, now Destiny Christian Church, right? I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. All right. So you at that point, I think what was going on was a uh, uh, you, you you were on the same team, the same pastoral team and helping start some men's ministry um, in, in that space. And I was going through a very like challenging, uh, figuring out season of my life while I was in that internship. And I have had, uh, Kyle and Marcia Bethke on the podcast. We even had a, 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 a deep, di- a deep dive into that moment of, of me starting and then quitting the internship that I had, uh, committed to. And that was a, just a really big journey, part of my journey, right? Well, through that, and through that season of just kind of discovery, trying to hear God's voice, trying to figure out really identity, like who, who am I and and who am I as who God's called me to be and, and part of my long standing journey of uh, breaking the bondage of, of people pleasing and worrying about man's opinion more than, than God's opinion was really beginning to explore more into, okay, what does life look like outside of what I thought it was initially going to be through this intern program still feel called to like ministry, but also feel like there's, there's maybe more even outside of the four walls of the church. And in that season was where the Lord really crossed our path, uh, more specifically. And I had, um, I really don't remember what, I think it was at the beginning of the beginning of 20, I think it would be 2010. That's a long time ago. But, uh, there was this crazy idea I had to, uh, go down to Southern California. I was semi obsessed with Taylor Swift at the time. I'm going to save that story for another podcast, but, uh, my buddy, Riley, oh, no, we all want to hear the story. <laughs> no, no. My buddy, Riley Silva and I went down to LA <laughs> from Sacramento you remember this? That was a that's a dangerous team right there at oh. any level. Oh, okay. absolutely. There's there's oh, not man. there's not a lot of good that could come, uh, you know, from the two of us together. They're like, no, we came, and uh, long story short, we we were able to like meet Taylor Swift, and that was part of why we went down there. It was just kind of this crazy, you know, up in the air, like we're gonna go do this, and something about that audacious, like man, what, we're going to just buy tickets on eBay to the People's Choice Awards. We're going to drive up to Nokia Theater in LA. We're going to try to figure out a way. We, we, were, we did it. And as silly as it was, and and to some people, just like it's not even silly was the like the the, the low the understatement of what we were doing there. Something something unlocked in me and Riley, but really in me, I'll speak for me, that was like, man, there there's probably more out there not just meeting celebrities that wasn't the point it wasn't like that it was it was just the idea that like there's probably more that we are capable of experiencing than we realize and and that's kind of where you kind of entered into the picture there in my life and began to go hey uh i mean i see something in you i see something in the call of god on your life and um you know i I want to, I'd love to be a part of that to some degree. And we had a couple of coffees or a couple of breakfasts, couple of breakfasts, um, uh, just kind of to begin to connect a little bit more during that season. And, uh, you know, part of what it was, was around this idea of passion was around this idea of identity and, uh, and calling. And in fact, I even have this, I have this right here, January. F- this is crazy, man. January 1st, you know what? Now that my dates are right, I have the e- I have the email up right now on my screen, on my Gmail from January 1st, 2010 at 9.13 p.m., all right? I can't share the screen right now. I guess I could through Zoom, but, uh, and uh, it's, a, it's an email to you in response to us probably meeting in December at the end of that 2009 year of, uh, of something that you had said, hey, I want you to do something 
that I had somebody show me at one point how to do. And it was uh, to basically write out my perfect day and and then and then write out 25 uh, passions or 25 yeah. things that write 25 words. And so I, I did, I wrote out my perfect day and I want to talk about that in a second, but on January 1st, I have it right here, January 1, 2010, I wrote out what you had sat, sat me down and kind of described uh, what this idea was and, and I wrote out my perfect day. And, and that's what actually started the launch of that January 20, 2010, because about a week later is when we drove down and we met Taylor Swift and they kind of just did this whole crazy thing. Will, will you for a moment, uh, Talk talk to me a little bit more about the the passion world, but even more specifically, and if you're open to it, what what was this perfect day thing that you were talking to me about? Because I I want to unpack it from my side, but I'd love for people to hear it even from yours. Are you still doing that? Is that still something that is a part of your life? Oh, thirty years. I mean, hundreds of clients. I mean, it's some things don't change. Here's the thing: if you don't define who you are, somebody is standing in line to do that for you. Yes. They they want to def- everybody wants to define everybody else, except they don't know how to define themselves. And so the perfect day, and most people, Chase, they won't even give themselves permission to write it out. They don't even at some level, they don't even believe they have a perfect day. And so they don't they don't even attempt it. But the perfect day starts from the time your feet touch the floor in the morning until you close your eyes that night. That's your perfect day. You can live anywhere. You could be with anybody. You can. Um, you have all the resources you could ever want. There's nobody telling you no. It's it's your perfect day. There's only one thing you have to do within the perfect day. You have to have make income. You have to be doing something within that perfect day. We are actually creating income now. If you think about it, you can live anywhere. You can have any staff you want. You can have any market plan you want. It's your perfect day. The idea is to get people out of themselves, yeah. to get them out of this limited thinking, which, by the way, everybody has. And I hate to tell you this, but people closest to you are the ones that try to limit you the most many right. times because they want you to be, quote unquote, practical. But open up, open up and say, what would my perfect day look like? Where would I live? Who would I be with? If you're single, who would I be married to? Hello. I mean, if you're, if you're, you know, whatever. And I've had people do this exercise and they've had to do it over and over again because a portion of their perfect day actually comes to pass eventually. Yeah. Not, not completely because we'd be narcissistic if it happened every time. Sure. But a portion of it does. Yeah. So, so this was this idea, when you began to talk to me about this, there was, you know, what my initial thoughts were in like in full transparency was like, okay, this feels and seems more like a kind of like a up in the sky, a little bit um, like name it and claim it kind of prosperity gospel-y thing. Now, coming in the church background, obviously we both have and, and have been in that space. You've been in it a lot longer than I have, but that world of, of, of kind of that prosperity gospel world for me had been something that I was extremely unattracted to. And in my early years of discipleship was like, man, I see obviously a lot of a lot of suffering that Jesus went through a lot of like just, you know, grinding it out. Not what's my plan, God, but what's your plan. And oh, I surrendered all, I don't, doesn't matter what I want. It's what you want. So there was this kind of mentality war going Good. on a little bit in my mind and heart as you were talking about this. And yet what you just, what you just described was the, the exercise of doing this from the beginning to the end was really about helping that, that limit mentality, the limited begin to go, 
what could what could happen if I, if I were to if I were to put all of this within the surrendered plan of God, but it was like what the the, the the desires that are in me and maybe even how things God has wired me, what would this day look like if there was just a day God said, here's your perfect day? It helped my my brain see the the opportunities of what could be out there and, and the joy that it could bring and the impact it could have on people. And and so it, I, so I bought in, I bought into it and I was like, okay, yeah, let's, let's go for it because I, I don't feel like this is, I don't feel like this is as unhealthy as maybe my, my initial thine, my mind was. So I did it. I said, yes, man. And I was super thankful for the opportunity to, to just have you kind of coach and walk me through that. And, uh, and I, I wrote it and here's some, here's some crazy things. And part of why I even bring it up now, right. To your point, um, rewriting perfect days, you had said, man, don't be surprised when some of this stuff comes to pass. You know, you'll, you'll have to rewrite this thing because of the things like you said, well, will maybe pass in some way and it won't be as relevant. You'll have to adjust it. And so that was, this was, <laughs> this was January 1st. And on this list, right. Uh, I mean, I had things like, um, waking up, no joke. I was single at the time and my 8am, you know, moment was talking about how at that time, again, this is crazy, obviously, because of, because of where life has gone. I can imagine what listeners yeah, are thinking yeah, right yeah, now. Oh, yeah. Sure. Like what's going on? So yeah. I, but yeah. I had, I had breakfast with my wife who was Taylor Swift at the time. Okay. That was the, that was the name that I wrote down as a 18, well, bro, 18 year you old. You did night. better than Taylor Swift. <laughs> let me tell you. Oh, man, heck yeah, better. man. Heck you, you, yeah. you surpassed your perfect yes, day there. hundred percent. Holly Ann, Holly Ann, Delaney Merrill, my, my, my girl now, she's, she blows to out of the water but that was so that to that moment right at that point had it hadn't met you know uh or hadn't been in relationship with holly um and it continues on uh i talk about having uh the ability to fly to australia for a prayer meeting with um with some some ministry and churches out there at the time of hillsong and worship and beginning to be there to open up and speak at a conference and then it was this continued on throughout the day and had another conference I got to speak at. And it was actually at a, 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 a convention of people that didn't know Jesus. And so I got the, the opportunity to share the gospel with, you know, 150,000 people I put in my, my, on my, you know, parentheses. Uh, and it continued on, continued on a few other things, people and great things in places. And in the span of, you know, like three weeks from writing that thing, like I mentioned right before we, we, we met Taylor Swift six days later, and then, and then w- uh, about four months later, I-, I was writing some music and I got invited by a, a gospel country um, artist from Australia to go and-, and join him for a four and a half month music and evangelism tour a- around the entire continent of Australia and open up for his concerts and then lead uh, with his, his, his son and-, and-, and a couple other guys, an evangelistic kind of um, outreach throughout the day at the schools. And I'm going like... What in the world is happening here? Uh, this was stuff I literally, in, in, in concept, I wrote down, going to Australia, uh, uh, Taylor Swift was one crazy, but like, it, it, what's happening? I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I wasn't making it, nobody was making it up here. No one was fabricating this. And yet the thought of if somebody had told me, yeah, you're going to get to go to Australia for four and a half months with music and evangelism or some of these things, I would have been like, that's, it's not possible. It's not, it, I'd have to do so many crazy things for that to happen. So, so this idea of writing something out and you were really intentional about that as well. Will you talk about that? There was something about the, I don't remember if you still remember like some, some of those statistics or not, but the, 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 the power of it being written out versus just thinking it or even saying it, that was something that you were, you were pretty intentional yeah. about teaching me too. Yeah. 
And let me just say this whole idea for listeners, because I always consider people who are listening. This isn't a this isn't about um, you write out your perfect day and you're going to have your perfect day. Here's what I want to ask you. If you read out your if you write out your perfect day, can God trust you with it? Can God trust you with your perfect day? Can he give you a perfect day and you won't walk away from him or ignore him or run past him to your perfect day? So a lot of what God grants us is, is because he can trust us in these things. And remember, Jesus walks up to a blind man. This is the Lord Jesus Christ, the maker of, of all humanity, right? He walks up to a blind man who is obviously blind. And he says to him, by the way, what do you want? What? do you want? There's something about us telling the father, Lord, here's what I really want. But we think that God is after worker bees. He just wants worker bees. He doesn't. He wants children, called children. He wants people that that love him, have a romance with him. So the perfect day is really saying, God, I trust you now more than I trust me. Will it always be perfect? No. But why not shoot for perfect? I mean, why not? So that's the thing. Here's the writing down. When you write something down, Chase, you can revisit it. What you write, you can revisit. When you revisit it, you can retool it, right? You can make changes to it. When you revisit it and you retool it, that's when it has the possibility of becoming a renaissance. In other words, a rebirthing. Have you ever gotten a great idea at an unopportune time? Yeah, totally. Okay. So you're in the shower, all of a sudden, boom, this idea comes into your head. And you're like, oh, that was so amazing. How about in the middle of the night? I, t I hear people say this all the time. The Lord woke me up in the middle of the night. I'm thinking, why would he do that? I mean, let me sleep, right? I said, well, what happened? Well, he showed me some things. It was amazing. And I go, wow, did you write it down? No. Right. So what happens is you remember the emotion of what you experienced, but you don't have the content. Emotion doesn't change anything. Content changes everything when you have the content. So I have, I have people write down their write down their perfect day. They have to write have them write down their passion because they've never taken the time to actually write it out. When you write it out, you can revisit it. When you what you what you verbalize, when you tell somebody, if somebody asks you, I'm going on vacation, you say to them, oh, when are you going to go? Well, you know, we're going to go sometime next summer. Well, they're not going to go. They're not going on vacation. They're thinking about going, but they're not actually going to go. Because when you write something down, the chances of it happening increases almost 80%. Yeah, crazy. So, no, no, it does. And that's why people love verbalization but verbalization does very little long for the long term. It's when you write something down. God literally said, I think I need to have people write this stuff down. They've got to write it down. They got to write it down. So um, I still do it today. I have clients that I still do it today and it's still still working, man. Yeah, still it's, working. It, it, it was one of those moments for me. It was just so pivotal because it, it, it did, it did do some kind of unlocking in, in my mind around what, what could, what partnership with dreaming with the Lord could look like in a different lens, because to some, to some degree in, and in that season, you know, I, I was beginning to try and, and understand who, who I was without the box 
And the box I realized I had put myself in, the box that, you know, maybe I had allowed other people to put me in as well, but to some degree, I'm the one responsible, only at some level responsible for whatever box I do or do not allow people to put me in. But, but, the, but the part what I was beginning to discover was, man, that there is an ability to, to dream bigger and, and, and partner with the Lord and, and see what he may do that could, could, could seem like it's impossible or audacious and, and that it's okay. Like, I don't, I think what I wrestle with, I think even people listening would still have somewhat of a wrestle with this. If they're maybe they're followers of Jesus and they're in the church world and they're like, okay, well still feels like there might be some flavor of like, you know, uh, just kind of pie in the sky, prosperity gospel stuff um, that there's the wrestle of like, it doesn't, it really doesn't matter what you want at the end of the day. It's what God wants, et cetera. But I continue to find myself as a, as a father, a young father, I got four kids now who at, oh my, isn't that crazy? At almost eight and six years old, my two boys, Weston and Bo, and then Delaney's three, she'll be four in December. And then Joy just turned one, two, two girls there that there's this, there's this very human lens that I see through, but it gives me, I think little glimpses of right. The father's heart. And it's that like, there's this, the, the father loves to give good gifts to his kids. Like the, the, the father loves to see that joy being, being experienced and radiated. And, and it is, and it is, it's doubled and tripled and quadrupled when it's, I'm, I'm seeing it and getting to experiencing, experiencing it with them and they share it with me. It's this, this beautiful picture of like, you recognize, I know I'm flawed and, and I'm a, I'm but a man, but you gotta, gotta believe that there's some, there's some, you know, touch to heaven there. When you go the father and his kids, just like you said, he wants children is this delight and this joy of partnership that the father's wanting to give good gifts to his kids. And it's not just this, you know, don't nothing in life is going to ever, you know, be, be, be joy filled or, you know, meet the desires of your heart or whatever, because at the end of the day, it's just, it's just suffering uh, for Jesus. I think that there is this beautiful tension to be held there. And at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's more about surrender than anything, but man, that's been something that from the moment you walked me through that exercise and began to introduce that concept, uh, it started something that has maintained. And even until now, as I'm an, as I'm an earthly dad now and seeing how I think the, the father maybe see, sees this more, more healthily. Well, it's funny when our children, I have three grandbabies now and I watch my daughter, Nicole and her husband, uh, Alex raise these three little, uh, I call them hurricanes, but <laughs> it's funny. Cause I remember even when I was young, my parents, when I was very little, they would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be? And when they would ask me what I wanted to be, it unleashed this thing called imagination. I believe that I could be anything I wanted to be. I believe that that I could be I could be the the a fireman, or I I could be a doctor, or I could be I could in fact I could be anything I wanted to be. And then our children get to a certain age. And because we haven't fulfilled our calling as parents, we try to begin to force our life through them. And we ask them this question, what are you going to do when you grow up? And as soon as we ask them, what are you going to do? What we're at really saying is, here's what you're never going to be able to do because you don't have the gifts, talents, and ability. You'll never make money at that. We put them in a doing platform. 
And once we ask them, what do you want to do? We limit all of that imagination, all of that belief, all of that faith gets shrunk into this little tiny fear space. And they, they end up doing, but not being. And God is God has called us to be human beings. Yeah. Right. Not human doings. Right. And I hear, I hear parents, my, my son's going to be a, he's going to be a football player. How come he's good at football? Here's what's going to blow your mind. Your gifts and talents and abilities have almost nothing to do with your call. And yet we in the church, we test people where we're going to put them in ministry by their gifts, talents, and abilities. Well, let's go to Moses for a minute. God called him to what? He called him to go and speak to Pharaoh. You know the story. What was the last thing he was good at? Yeah. Speaking. Speaking. Right. All right. There, if you study all of the great moves of God, most of the people that God called to do a certain thing weren't equipped to do it. God equipped them in the call. Yeah. And so what we're saying to people nowadays, you come to our church and we're we're going to put you in a place that God has not called you to be. And we're going to keep you there for as long as you can stand it until you decide to go to another church somewhere. And so what happens is we never focus in on the call of God, the adventure of God. I remember when I was writing my book on passion, um, my daughter, Nicole, I think she was like 12 at the time. She came in and she goes, Dad, you, you're, you're like a passion guy, right? I go, yeah. You ask people what their passion is. I go, yeah. And she goes, how come you never asked me what mine is? Hmm. And I said, have you been talking to your mother? <laughs> <laughs> And to make mm. a long story short, I, she, I said, okay. And I said, I'm going to give you an exercise that's in my book. I want you to go in your bedroom and I want you to write out 25 passions. And I told her what the, the, the boundaries were to writing those passions out. And two and a half hours later, she came out and handed me her passion list. And I got to the third one and I started weeping because I never knew that was in her. Hmm. I knew what she was good at. I knew what her personality was like. I never knew what meant so much to her. Yeah. That's the difference. And by the way, the word passion, the word, for those who think it's uh, claim it and, and, get, and gain it or all of this prosperity stuff, the essence, the archaic definition of passion, bro, is pain. The first time it was expressed was in the passion of the Christ. The word passion means pain. There is more pain in following the call of God than there is pleasure. Yeah. But the pleasure is worth the pain. So good. Yeah. So good. So good. So good one of the one of the things that I feel like when when people are I just thinking about relationships I have right now with with a lot of people and, and things being a pastor in a local church in Olympia, Wash, Lacey, Washington, up here at the Pacific Northwest. You know, we're we're in a difficult everywhere is difficult. Cal Bakersfield, dif everything is difficult when it comes to reaching people. I don't know if there's an easy place to reach people effectively, period. But it feels that, that there's just a lot of people that overall, like the sense of just how they're doing in life and feeling is just is beat up and and feeling like 
the the thought of thriving is like far from where they're at. They're 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 thinking about surviving. They're thinking about getting even this to a, a neutral place of feeling of waking up and just not feeling negative or not feeling right. Cause there's so much of that world. So for that person that's going, man, you guys are talking about, it seems like you're talking about something that is so far from where I am presently at. What would you give or encourage people to just begin that journey of like the way that they're thinking, beginning to shift into, into even exploring this. And maybe they're in that, like just really beat up season and going like passion seems like 10,000 miles away. I'm just looking for a breathing. What, what would you say to them about stepping into this and, and how would you encourage them? Tell you what, uh, and, and Chase, I'm so glad you asked that question because, you know, we do these podcasts and people do their Facebook posts and they do their Instagram and it, it's, it's always the best part of us. Right. But what you're seeing right now, the best part of me, you're not seeing the worst part of me. And I tell people, the only people that really love you are the people that really know you and still choose to love you. If Cherise, my wife, was here, she'd be telling you the other story. Uh, a year and a half ago, a, a little over a year ago, uh, I, I was told that if I didn't have a certain surgery, if my, I had bowel obstruction. And uh, the doctors, my surgeon said, if I don't do the surgery, you're going to die. Yeah, this poison is going to explode and you will die. And then he said, however, because of your pre-existing conditions, medical conditions in your life, Gary, if I do the surgery, most likely you're going to die during the surgery. And so I had to pick up the phone and start calling my family members and saying goodbye to them. Sharice came in and she was in the room when the doctor is a trauma surgeon said, this is where it's at. This is where, and the only reason he told me this is because he felt like it was something about me that could handle the truth. Hmm. This is one I want to tell your audience. You, you are, some of you are in the deepest, darkest places you've ever been in your life. You're, you're feeling isolated. You're feeling lonely. You feel like your dream is totally out of reach. You feel like anything that was ever normal to you at one time has been ripped away. Uh, when you talk to people, you feel like they don't understand what you're saying. When you're in a room with a lot of people, you feel totally alone. Um, you're, 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 you're trying to do something, but you don't have the energy anymore. You're exhausted every day from even, even to pick up and do answer a text. It exhausts you. You become overwhelmed at the slightest thing. I got it. You know why? Went through it, been through it, man. Been, it's called unbelievable amounts of depression. And when I was told that I was, I was going to die, I, I, did not feel fear. Now you have to understand before that, when COVID hit, I was preaching and, and speaking all over the country. When COVID hit March 15th, 2020 chase, I lost within the next two days, two and a half years of bookings. Wow. They were gone. All of my income was gone. I had just gone through my second knee replacement surgery, which by the way, if you've never had knee replacement, it is most painful surgery you can go to. I went through it twice. We lost a million dollar property in Morro Bay that was going to be used to restore pastors. We lost the property because of COVID. This went on and on and on. And we lost, we lost, we lost to the point when we moved back up to Sacramento, my wife would find me asleep all the time she would i would be in the backyard curled up in a fetal position just sleeping on the cement i was at the worst possible place in my life i didn't know who to talk to 
who does the motivator go to for motivation? <laughs> who do you go to when you're the guy that people come to? I went into this uh, isolation, depression, because I did not see a future. And then one day, my wife walked in, and you know Cherise. She walked in, and we all need a wake-up call. The problem with a wake-up call is when it doesn't wake up that call. And she slammed her hand down on my desk. I was asleep. She pounded it on the desk, and she and I went. I startled. I woke up, and she goes, "I can't take it anymore. You're not the man I married. You're not the man that used to go after the adventure. You're, what happened? You're, you become nothing more than a shell to me. I don't get it. Where is the man? Where's that leader? Where's the motivator? Where's 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 your passion, Gary? Where is your passion? And she, I said. She goes, if something doesn't change, this is, we're not going to make it. And she was, she, it was, I felt that desperation. She goes, we're not going to make it. She goes, I want you to do something right now. Now I'm at the point where, yeah, I don't, whatever, whatever. She goes, you're going to do a FaceTime live. I said, okay, okay, I'll do a FaceTime live. She goes, no, right now, right now, you're going to do a FaceTime live and you're going to tell people the truth of who you really are and how you really feel. You're going to do it right now. Do you understand? I said, okay, okay. What's a FaceTime live? <laughs> I had no idea what it was. And I got on that FaceTime live weeping and crying, not even knowing who was watching. And for the first time in my life, I became real about who I really was. And I, at that point, my passion, which is communicating and, and helping people find their passion, became that anchor I had all that time that yeah. I forgot about. It was because of having something, an anchor that I could go back to. That passion recentered re, re me. So here's what I'm saying to the person who's listening. Passion is not yay, yippee, hooray. It's not exhilaration. It might start in emotion, but it ends in devotion. If you really want to find out the one thing that brings the greatest joy and the greater center to your life, contact me. Contact me. I will begin to work. I'll help you. I'll work through it. But I tell you, don't, don't think that you're just going to white knuckle it and you're going to be able to do it by yourself. You have got to reach out, humble yourself and ask somebody to help you. Yeah. That's the beginning. And so you're looking, I might be looking like I'm like not right now, but chase, we all, we all live in this imperfection. And that's what I love about podcasts because on podcasts, we can keep it real, man. Yeah. And yeah. And, 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 and I, yeah, I'm going to get up from here in a few minutes and I'm not going to walk in the other room. And my wife looks at me and says, oh, my speaker, man. Oh, <laughs> Gary, you are so amazing. You are so me. Oh, my passion. Just, just all I want you to do is speak, speak, Gary, just speak. <laughs> no, man. You know what she's going to say? You know, your big dog, your 90 pound golden duel. Yeah. She left you some passion in the backyard. You need to go back out there and pick it up. <laughs> Dude, so good. That's real. Yeah, it is real. That's no, real. I mean, I appreciate it. Thanks for being vulnerable. Thanks for being uh, transparent just about even some of that recent journey. And I, and I don't, from, from knowing you and, and from even from following you on the Facebook, uh, you know, social media world from the years even before COVID, 
you still, I mean, there's like, you've been overcoming things like there, you know what I mean? Like there was a, there was a pretty significant other physical thing that happened, you know, a couple of years before COVID that was right. I mean, I mean, you, you've been the, the, the kind of the point I'm really trying to paint here for, for people listening is, is you've been, you've been preaching this message for a long time and it has continued to sustain and overcome a lot of challenging valleys, deep valleys and, 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 and high mountaintops as well. But, but that there's, there's something that if they don't know you or they don't know part of the the, the message that you're talking about um, from somebody that has had the opportunity to know you since 2009 till here, um, and then knowing people that knew you long before that until 2009, that there's this there's this message that's come out of you that has uh, has been anchoring that you know even if it's been anchored more in some seasons than others, it's maintained it's pretty consistent you know sustainability no matter no matter the valley itself and uh but i mean i so appreciate the the transparency people people need to know that god hasn't given up on them they need to know that god is not ten thousand miles away they need to know that that before the oh man they need to know before they were born god put something inside of them and that only they could fulfill and quite frankly i hate to say it this way quite frankly it's nobody else's business how god has called you yeah. God has never asked my opinion on anything. He has never said, Gary, I, I have this leader. What do you think? Why, if God has not asked our opinion on certain things, why do we continue to give it? Let's, let's work on us. If you spend your time working on yourself, you're not going to have a lot of free time to work on somebody else. You need to fulfill the and not not the ten thousand things that God is that you. I'm not talking about hobbies. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about taking your life that's here and take it into a funnel where you find the one thing. Remember the movie City Slickers. Yeah. You're riding along. Yeah, and Bill, Billy Crystal. He's he's out throwback. on this this ride, and and you have old that old cowboy Jack Pallant man. He's there. <laughs> And they're on a cattle drive and Billy Crystal's like, and he's coming from the city and he's got all these things going and he's freaking out. And then Jack Pallant looks at him and he puts his finger up. He points his finger like this. Billy Crystal looks at him and says, what, what? He's all free. What? That's us. That's how we live. What? what? And he points because he never says a word. He just points his finger at him again. He says, what is this? What is this? And Jack Pallant looks at him and says, well, it's the one thing. He goes, what? It's the one thing. And then Billy Crystal says, what's the one thing? And he said, that's for you to find out. What is the one thing? I know my one thing. I know what I've, I've, I was called all my, I know what it is. I've, I've never, I've never left it. I felt like it left me at times. I've been through hell and back, man, I have. But I'm telling you at 70, one years of age, bro, 71, the body, the Bible says the body deteriorates, but the spirit, the passion, the call is renewed every single day. The problem is people see the old body, but they don't see the young warrior. That's that's what I'm trying to I'm trying to say to pastors and churches. Don't forget that every old dude man out there is not a young warrior inside. Yeah. 
So I love you, Chase. Man, love man, you too. Man, I got to come out to your church, man. Yeah, you do. Who we got to get you. I, we got to get you what? out here. I, I was just with Dave and Kim Letterman. No way. The, I they... just preached for them on. <laughs> Did it you? was on Father on Father's Day. Oh, I preached let's for them. go. That's it so was, awesome. It was so much fun, man. That that church is killing it, man. I mean, they're doing so well, and I love preaching. I love coming into churches and really working within the fabric of the church rather not bringing something new but just building up what what's being said already so keep praying for me and i'm, pu I'm putting you on the spot man you need to have the old guy out yeah I, without a doubt you just never know you know oh without a doubt without <laughs> a doubt oh without a doubt and man just to to kind of to wrap up the convo for today when i think about the impact you know that you've had it wasn't just that that it wasn't just the uh, you know the exercise with the perfect day or the passions and, and different things. It was it was a part of the beginning of this moment in my life where the Lord began to go. I have a I have a call, and there's there's definitely a ministry call. Now ministry is all thing, all kinds of things, but the but the but the more specific ministry pastoral call is there, and yet, but there's there's a there's an additional piece to that, and you can actually pursue both you can you can actually who's telling who's telling you that you can't walk oh. in being a communicator inside the church and outside of the church and making an impact for the kingdom of god and that that part began to really be become more clear as i started to to have your voice kind of impacting some of those things and challenging helping me see from from and again my communicating is is my is my passion i mean like it you, is. you know right you, you it always has been bro yeah and it and it, it, you. it was the reality that like god can use this voice for as it's surrendered to him and remains humbly s submitted to him he can use this voice wherever whenever for whoever and make and make an impact for the kingdom of god and so i have been on a journey since 18 19 years old i'm 32 now so 13 14 years of look out walking, man yeah being okay. being able to press into that call more and i part of this podcast part of uh you know i'm i'm working on a book right now i'm about 3 quarters of the way done with my first book and uh it's all it's all come it all kind of connects back to the reality that like there was a time where i believed i couldn't do both and there was a beginning moment of that season of my life when I was wrestling and, and began to kind of get connected into some of those things that you were introducing me to that I realized like, maybe I can, maybe God has got something that could be both inside and outside of the church that will continue to impact people for, for the kingdom of God in a way that is, is unboxed and is un well, is unlimited, you know, if you will. And so I just want to say thank you for your impact uh, and for depositing all those years ago. Chase, I'm telling you, first of all, I'm honored and humbled. But remember, you can't, you cannot fulfill the call of man. Yeah. You cannot fill man's call. Yeah. It'll drive you nuts. Because man, mankind is crazy. They're out of their minds. Okay. So you'll never fulfill the call of your congregation. Yeah. You just get, but, but you will be able to always fulfill the call of God. And so we need to hear the voice of God through all of the white noise that's going on. I asked, I asked many pastors, I go, when was the last time somebody caught you with God? When was the last time somebody caught you spending time with God? Yeah. Or has your congregation accused you of all he ever does is spend time with God. seems like <laughs> that's all he does. <laughs> if, if we would spend that time hearing the voice of God, 
because come on, Chase, everybody's going to methodologies, the way we reach people that changes like the weather in Denver methodology. You know, we do this and we do that. That changes. And old people get all caught up in the med. Well, that's not the way we did it back in my day. You know what? It's a method. As long as the message stays intact. Yeah. Forget, forget about the method. Let, let it happen. I don't care. But when you hear the voice of the father telling you what he wants you to do, rather than the voice of the masses, that's when you become a threat to the enemy. Yeah. Amen. Man, so good. I'm well, so excited for you, bro. Uh, yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Well, so for people, for people that are listening and man, they want to figure out a way to, to get more connected to you or, or connect and actually like to reach out, like what's, what's, and, and you've got a book and there's all kinds of stuff that you've got out there for people. Five to, books to kind of, now, bro. Can you believe it? You've got five? I got five. Uh, and I go. actually, I help people write books. So I, I come alongside of them and work. We've got uh, several projects, but if you want to get a hold of me and honestly, I answer my own emails. I yeah. don't somebody else. Now, Facebook, I'm not always saying it's me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, sometimes yeah. it's my wife does a better job, but when it comes to my, my email is my, my name, Gary, at GaryZaleski.com. Gary at Gary, Z as in zebra, E-L-E-S-K-Y. You, you email me, we'll get started, we'll talk through, and man, but beyond all of that, man, what, Chase, it's such an honor. When I found out that I made the 51 list, I'm serious. I was like, I was like so humbled because I know your dad. I know, yeah. I know who you are. I've watched you and I go, I couldn't believe that that I made the cut. So thank you. I am so honored. Yeah. Make sure you tell your dad I said hi. Will you? I will. And he they okay. they list they listen every week. So they'll be uh they'll be pumped to be able to hear they our better. conversation. And by the way, Chase, <laughs> I've got to get your background there, bro. I love the colors. Hey, thanks. I love the way you have done that. Your backdrop is amazing. And then you can see mine. Hey, you know yeah, what? So you know anyway. what? You know what you have? You know what you have that I don't have is uh, I see I see a little uh, Gary Zaleski bobblehead in the back corner there, that I one day I'll get to that level of having a a bobblehead, a personal yeah, bobblehead course, because. But then the big one is my my talking toad, okay, my <laughs> speaking toad. So I have. Oh, no, your good. lighting is just outrageous. I absolutely love it. It's beautiful. I appreciate it. I appreciate I'm it, man. Copy it. Hey, right, I'll, I'll send you some links. Hey, thank you, man. Thanks for the time. Lo love you. Appreciate you. And uh, just so th thank you for the time to, to make this thing happen. So for uh, for those that want to get connected, I'll put all that stuff in the show notes as well for people that would want to connect with you and uh, listen to your podcast, find all that stuff there. But for, for the impact you made on my life, man, thank you. Uh, God has used you in a pretty mighty way. So very, very humbling, bro. Very yeah. Humbling. With that, for everybody listening, watching today, thanks for listening. Until next time. See ya.